The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you with us. Glad to have Eric Ryder, our producer, on board. I like to say he keeps us in our lane. And today we're heading out to Nevada, but not to the place you're thinking of. Operating on 176 acres under wide open desert skies, 80 minutes north of Las Vegas, you will find Camel Safari, a distinctive outdoor destination with a variety of experiences away from the glitz of Sin City and close to rugged Western nature. That's where we're going today. Can't wait to hear about Camel Safari. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we'll be back with the interview right after these messages. Visit Ridgeland presents the Art, Wine, and Wheels Weekend, Friday, April 30th through Sunday, May 2nd at the Renaissance at Colony Park. The weekend includes the Ridgeland Fine Arts Festival, Natchez Trace Century Ride, the Run Now and Wine Later 5K, and the first-ever Friday night kickoff party. For more details on festival artists, wine samplings, music lineup, and children's activities, go to artwineandwheels.com and follow Visit Ridgeland on Facebook. Hashtag Visit MS Responsibly. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. We are going to greet Ali Singer, Animal Care Coordinator and Director of Guest Services at Camel Safari near Las Vegas. Ali grew up almost entirely in Mesquite, Nevada. She graduated from Virgin Valley High School in Mesquite back in 2011. She attended Dixie State University, that's in the south part of Utah, by the way, and graduated with an Associates of Science in 2013. In 2015, having graduated from Weber State University in Ogden, Utah, with a zoology degree and minoring in communication, she began her adventure in the West and in animal world. And a part of that's going to be shared with us right now by Allie Singer. Allie, we're so happy to have you with us today. Yes, thank you. That was a beautiful introduction. Oh, well, we try. And you're sure trying to create a distinct experience in the desert for people who may enjoy Las Vegas. They may enjoy going, for example, to Zion National Park in Utah. But between the two, there is Camel Safari, and our listeners would love to hear more about it. Yes. So our mission statement here at Camel Safari is we want to inspire and educate an understanding and a love for conservation 
through recreation. So people come and we want the whole experience to be as fun as possible. And we're going to jam pack as much educational information in there as well. And so the guests come, we have about 60 animals over half of which are camels. Uh, when they come, we actually have a safari tram. So onto the tram we go. Our first tour of the day is at 8 a.m. It's our feed with the keeper safari where we load up on the tram. We head out onto the 176 acre property and everybody needs to eat. So we go around and we see it all over the camels. We feed each group. We have a mix of both Bactrian camels, dromedary camels. We've got some that are old, some that are all the way down to one week old right now. And so you see everybody, we come back out and we now have exotic animals. We're a ZAA accredited zoo. We have a two-toed sloth, African crested porcupine. We have two sand cats, two New Guinea singing dogs, six banded armadillos. So it's, it's an adventure for sure when people come. I'm taking inventory over here. This is amazing with all of those animals. It sounds to me like you have, I hate to say captive breeding program, but a breeding program. Um, with the camels, yes. Our, um, the sand cats, we're actually awaiting genetic testing that's been done on the parents to find out exactly which subspecies they are, subspecies, to find out if there is a conservation need because there's a subspecies that's endangered another that's not and so if we we're not going to breed just to breed if they're not an endangered species we're not going to they're going to be ambassador animals to help teach the public about that species and more specifically about that there is another subspecies that is endangered the new guinea sing singing dog is a rare species and so that one we would love to be involved with the breeding program and we're actively working on that the, and the camels Yes, the camels, we are breeding. Every winter, the bulls, they go into rut and they become hyper aggressive. If you think of an, an elk or another animal going into rut, it's hyper aggression, a lot of testosterone. They go into their bull pens. We put the females in there, close it up. And so we currently have three bulls that when people come, they get to see up close. They're now just coming out of rut. So they're turning back from crazy dinosaur <laughs> to, to giant puppy dogs. So it's an interesting transformation. So when you put them in these, these pens, do any of the camels go, guess what day it is? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, but when people, when guests come, there's, we get a lot of questions about breeding between the porcupine and the camels. Because fun fact, the um, camels, the penis actually faces backwards. Um, but we refer everyone to YouTube. Yeah, that's right. Go to YouTube. Check that out. Yes. <laughs> this is, uh, I think that people listening here would love to have the experience. No doubt it would be quite an adventure. What about the terrain itself? Because when you think in terms of Utah, you have national park country. And when you think about Las Vegas, everybody's got their own image and their own fantasies about Las Vegas. But where you are located, it seems like you have managed to pick a perfect spot away from it all. Absolutely. It's extremely secluded and we're, we're in a pocket where we're surrounded by mountains. And so if you, if you have the chance to go to our Facebook and check out the photos, we have 
breathtaking, beautiful mountains looking one direction and then red mesas on the other and away out and away from everything. And with these animals, Allie, I'm curious about this. Is there an attempt or is there even a need to try to mimic the desert geography of where these animals are natively found? How close can you get to what might be called the perfect native habitat for these animals? Yes. So a lot of our um, exotic animals, the ones that first came, were not animals that the owner guy went out and purchased or anything like that. It was a zoo that was um, closing and the county actually asked if we would take them. So Guy took quite a number of animals in and then just the animals that we knew would do do well, be happy, we can accommodate the best in the desert are the ones that stayed. And so the African crested porcupine, her enclosure is large and we're in the desert. So it pretty well mimics her in the wild. Um, same thing, the armadillos, they've got a big area with dirt to dig their tunnels. The sand cats were our actually our first exotic animal that we went out and said, we want to bring another animal in. And 100% we want it to be a desert animal. We're not going to be bringing polar bears or anything crazy out into the desert. Right. So the sand cat is actually native to the Sahara Desert. And then another subspecies in the Arabian Peninsula in the Middle East. And so we are the perfect habitat for them here. The sloth, our two-toed sloth Ambien, she is one that we do a lot of accommodations for her to make sure she is 100% happy and healthy. So when she is, she has an indoor enclosure with a window connected for her outdoor enclosure. So two large enclosures. She is inside at night with the humidifier constantly running. And then she actually very much enjoys performing in our sloth shows that we've been doing where we, she's usually asleep. We walk in, we say, knock, knock, Ambien, would you like to participate today? We open her window and she was all about it today. She got right up, hyper speed sloth-like out her window where the guests were waiting and cheering for her to come out and eat her banana in the sun. <laughs> as only a so sloth if, can do it <laughs> yes she she came out she came out she ate the bananas and then she fell asleep in that same spot <laughs> that's great I, I find this so entertaining and educational <laughs> as you've already indicated before we get back to the camels though fascinating creatures I, I am a bit interested in the sand cats now are they when they're most active are they nocturnal Yes, in the wild, absolutely. They're an animal that they're actually a very successful predator with an over 90% kill rate, which is wow. really high among the cats. Um, their main prey is lizards and insects, along with some small rodents, which is different than a cheetah going after a gazelle, but still cool nonetheless. But um, I apologize. So our sand cats, they're actually, we're training them more specifically, the male is a lot more into our male, Ari. He is 100% all about being an ambassador animal. So we're bringing the guests during the day, obviously twice a day coming in. And he has, he's very excited about jumping on his podium and kind of showing off for the guests in exchange for treats. Well, that's interesting in itself. 
Yes. That Every time be... we go in, they wake up. They're very interactive. And very alert. Yes. Yeah. Before we get to a couple of the other special events that you're announcing, we wanted people to find out about this as quickly as possible. Our listeners would be, I'm sure, quite happy for the opportunity. Let's talk a bit more about the camels. Now, the... You mentioned a breed that I I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. I mean, I know dromedary, but what is it, Bactari? The Bactrians. Bactrians. Tell me more. So there are actually three total species of camels. So you have the dromedaries are your one humpers. And the easiest way to tell them apart, dromedary starts with a capital D. Turn the D on its side, you got one hump. Bactrian, capital B turn the B on its side and you have two humps. And amongst those Bactrian camels, there is the domesticated and feral, which we've got the domesticated ones here at Camel Safari, but there is a species of wild Bactrian camel that there's only two populations left. They actually have a combined total population of less than a thousand individuals. The wild Bactrian camel is one of the most endangered mammals in the world. Um, and so that's our goal. Um, one of our many goals is to make people aware that there are camels that are not just endangered, but critically endangered, uh, native to northern China and Mong- Mongolia. Uh, in the future, we would love to do kind of a Mongolian theme and just make a really big effort towards educating people about specifically that animal. I'm curious to know how long the camel safari has been in existence. Oh, so it's so the owner guy actually began in 2007 in Bellingham, Washington. And it started out with one alpaca or two alpaca. He got two alpacas. He was a good alpaca owner and did more research, found out that those animals are camelids. So they are in the same family as camels. And he got his first camel miss lexi and of course lexi needed a friend and that is how norman happened who and norman is now one of our biggest ambassador animals so when people come to visit camel safari there's a good chance that you're going to get up close and personal with norman and you're going to touch his humps you're going to feel a pedestal everything in between you'll probably love on norman and then that more and more camels as people more people just started started showing interest um, he got a lot of pressure to do rides, and then the ride started. There, um, I wouldn't say as much health issues, but it was a healthier environment to have those animals in the desert versus Bellingham, Washington. So Guy moved all the animals here to the property in Bunkerville, and it has continued to grow from there. And we did the camel rides up until right before COVID. And then coming back from COVID, we've made the decision to stop doing the camel rides and continue with more of a zoo um, goal or mission. Right now we're, we're broadcasting this from Seattle before it becomes a podcast and sent to the four winds. It's April 30, 2021. Where is camel safari relative to the need for safety during the ongoing pandemic? People are getting their vaccinations. Thank goodness for that there, but still there is a need for caution. Yes, absolutely. So we run our tours now 100% outdoors. So there's never a time you come inside. The 
handlers, we tell the guests that it's kind of, it's to your own discretion. You're outside with the, the whole mask thing. If another group really has, if another group has theirs, you wear yours. But for us, the handlers, we're going to wear ours. Um, but so we get all sorts of different groups. We get people who visit who this is their escape from all the craziness that's been going on in the world. It's a, it's a secluded area. They're outside and they can forget about all the craziness that's been going on the last year or so. And that's what, that's what we like. We like when people come and they have the chance to just kind of let, just have fun. That's a good philosophy. We talked about the feed with the keeper safari. That mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of fun, but you have a couple of other events, experiences really that are being announced right now. Day Glamp Camp Safari. Tell us about yes. that. So the Day Glamp Camp Safari is it's at, from 1130 to 2:30, also Thursdays through Sundays. So it's pretty well right after our feed with the keeper safari. And we, we go around, we see the animals again it takes less time to see the camels because there's not the feeding aspect again, but you go around and meet everyone. And with that extra tidbit of time, we do Bactrian camel fiber crafts, which is, it's adorable. We, while you're out visiting Norman or whatever ambassador animal there is, we take brushes and you can get a little bit of hair from the animal that you petted. And then we come back and we have even more, uh, Bactrian camel fiber that we have collected through brushing them. We have bags and bags and bags of hair from these animals. And we have carding brushes. We show you how to use the carding brushes to get your fiber worked, how to work it in your hands. And we make friendship bracelets. And so that's kind of the, the added little fun feature of the day glamp camp safari. If guests show up in, in the morning and they want to be a part of that, Anyone who is interested in it, it's something that me and Guy have a really a deep interest in the fiber. And so we love showing people how to do it. And especially kids. It's for a kid to, to pluck the hair from the animal and then come back to our picnic tables and brush it and braid it and put it on their body. It's a crazy experience. I love the idea of this for a number of reasons, but one of them is that this is great for the kids and therefore it's a great family activity without the restrictions that you run into. If you're headed to the Las Vegas Strip, for example, this is a totally different environment. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we do. So the other product is the VIP Sunset Safari. This is for and- the people. Now, if you want to be a big shot, you can have a VIP experience at Camel Safari at sunset. Yes. And so... And that's a fun one because that one will actually, um, we're, we're a small, small business. Um, if you, if you're coming and you want to do something, we, we do our best to make it happen. So when groups come, if they want to fire, we have a little fire pit. Um, we have s'more stuff available. So if people want to do s'mores, they're able to sit at the picnic tables and watch their kid make s'mores with camels in the background after they just got back from going out on the safari tram, meeting all of those camels. The porcupine is nocturnal and she gets extremely frisky in the evenings. And so you'll see her, she'll ruffle her quills and get, get all um, 
put her whole skirt up and she'll run around and she'll want you to come and run with her. The dog, the New Guinea singing dogs, they have a, a song or a howl that is actually very similar to humpback whales. And so you have the harmonic dog singing in the background (laughs) and it's a, it's private. You've got the whole place to yourself. And so your kids are everywhere. They're playing with ants and digging holes in the dirt and, it's an extremely good time for the family and we love being able to do that for people singing dogs is there are there any plans for a barbershop quartet or any sort of performance with these these dogs which are they i believe that from the reading i did that they are at least distantly related to the australian dingoes yes they are the closest relative to the dingo and so it was believed that they have the same common ancestor that was in Asia back when Australia and New Guinea were up up much closer and they both evolved their own uh, little niches where the Australian dingo evolved to be larger as it started hunting kangaroos and our New Guinea singing dogs they're small when you meet them it's odd because they look just like very similar to the Australian dingo just very small but these dogs they they evolved on islands where it's a lot of competition not very many resources so they evolved to be smaller, more aggressive towards each other, and crazy good climbers. They're very flexible, and they uh, evolved that because they were actually hunting tree kangaroos. And so they're very acrobatic as well. Now, if they can be more aggressive, this is a concern to me because the dingoes, they aren't exactly slouches when it comes to aggression. So I'm, I'm fascinated about how you as resident yeah. zoologist would manage all of the, the variety of behaviors seen in these animals. It would seem very challenging to me. Yes. So the New Guinea singing dog, it's in captivity. It's actually um, because there's a whole scientific dilemma on whether to classify it as a wild dog or a whether it is the most domesticated species of wild dog or the most wild species of domestic dog okay there's a whole controversy so with people they're extremely friendly extremely outgoing for aggression towards each other it's between we have two females and so what we're we're being told by the experts which are the new guinea singing dog conservation society is where our dogs are out of and most of the new guinea singing dogs in the united states it, when you introduce a male, then the female gets it in their head. I'm from an island where there's very little resources. My pups are going to have a better chance of surviving if that female over there doesn't breed. And oh. I can prevent her from breeding if I kill her. Oh, my goodness. So it's right now our two are sisters. They were raised together in the future when we participate in the breeding program. If we get a male, they the, they will be separated before a male is ever brought into the picture. So we, we have a game plan for it. We have no issues with aggression with them towards each other or towards nothing towards us at all. Well, that's good to hear. Yes. And in terms of aggression itself and, and disposition, attitude there in just a minute, if you can explain it in 60 seconds, Camels kind of have the reputation for being spitters and being ordinary creatures. How is it around you? Um, so it's interesting in that the dromedaries and the Bactrians are two completely different animals. The dromedaries have evolved with no natural predators. 
And so if you think of a horse and a rabbit runs behind a horse, it jumps and it looks back to be like, oh, was could that be something that's going to hurt me? The Bactrians evolved with wolves as predators. So they have that same more like a horse in the mindset. The dromedary does not care. <laughs> and so there, there's very little that worries the dromedary camel. They're out there to have a good time. They're happy if you're there doing it with them, but they're a lot more dominant in nature. When it comes to spinning, um, camels can kick 360 degrees around their whole body. Seriously. They, yeah. They can pick you up and throw you. Wow. Spitting is the least of the concerns. <laughs> the, the dromedaries can do a little spit like you see from a llama or an alpaca, a little. Yeah. The dromedaries, they, they all chew a cud. So the dromedaries, if they're real upset and they can't reach you, they'll bring up their entire cud and throw it at you in a big ball. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, they're fascinating. Ships of the desert in caravans obviously have their uses, but they have their individual personalities, I'm sure. And there are these traits of which there are traits of which you should simply be aware. Absolutely. And you'll when guests come, it's interesting because we're we're out. We're about there's animals out there that if if you walked out, you could tell them to cush. They would plop right down. You can get on their back and ride off into the sunset. And then there are animals that if you walked in, they, they could, you would not be in good shape coming back out. And, and so wow. a lot of different personalities out there and, and it's dependent on the time of year as well. When we have bulls and rut, they're completely sure. different animals. Adventure indeed. Ali Singer, I've enjoyed having you with us. This is great stuff. Please give us the website and the basic information about how you schedule a visit out there because people will want to come see you, me included. Absolutely. So social media wise, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram under Camel Safari. Our website, we have www.camelsafari.com and then a phone number for us, eight, sorry, 800-836. 4036. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ali Singer, for sharing all this good information. I can't wait to get out there and visit you and meet all the critters too. Thanks again. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Now, folks, after you've been to Camel Safari near Las Vegas, maybe you're heading east. Why not chart your course to visit Alliance, Nebraska and make a trip in your mind before you get there anticipating something the likes of which you'll never see and this is after all the camels fun safe family friendly and pet friendly activities make alliance nebraska one adventure you and your family don't want to miss come for carhenge and stay to experience our many other free attractions craft brews and local dining yes all of the attractions are free shop along our historic brick streets too Carhenge is a 2020 Top 10 Worldwide Award winner by TripAdvisor. Unique, quirky, and a pop culture icon. Carhenge is open year-round to visitors who love to experience something different. You won't find a to-scale replica of England's Stonehenge quite like this anywhere else in the world. Our little slice of country is your place to relax before you head to the hills or mountains with all of the small town charm your soul needs. For more information, please go to visitalliance.com. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures 
detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into American Road Trip Talk. We invite you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Music